Greetings and welcome to this edition of One for the Road. As always, I'm your host, Randy Schlichting, joined by my good friend, Bob Carter. Today, we have the great pleasure of having in studio Pat Edwards. Some of you may know her. She works with deacons here with Mercy Ministry, and it's just been a blessing to so many here at Perimeter Church. We thought we'd invite her into studio and hear just a bit of her story, uh, what God's done in her life over uh, many years here at Perimeter, but also going back a little bit. She uh, it just has a fascinating tale of how he just gently pulled her into the kingdom. So we'll hear about that, maybe hear about her days in England a little bit. You'll notice the English accent. It certainly upgrades this podcast. And maybe she'll even tell us a bit about her encounter with the Beatles. And if not on this podcast, maybe on another, we'll talk about that specific episode in her life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this edition of One for the Road. All right, here we go. Okay. okay. <laughs> well, Bob's going to ask you the big question here about the accent and some other stuff. So <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Pat, for, first off, just want to find out how long you've been at Perimeter and uh, you know what brought you here. Yeah. I came to Perimeter in 2001. Um, I came with a friend, a British, uh, Scottish friend, who um, had be- I'd become involved with um, through a women's group, a British women's group. And... Um, one of my neighbors had introduced me to her. Um, and um, when my ex-husband, now ex-husband, announced that he wanted a divorce, they were the two people I had to mm-hmm. contact um, because I was seeing them the day after he made the big announcement. So mm-hmm. they had, I, Mary had actually, uh, my Scottish friend had actually brought me here um, to a Christmas show. Mm-hmm. And uh, she tells the story that um, she brought another girl as well, and she ha- she was sure that the other girl would come to church because I was completely unchurched mm-hmm. um, from about the age of fifteen or sixteen, mm-hmm. um, and because of um, my involvement with the British group, and then calling them when my husband made his announcement. Mm-hmm. Mary was able to sort of step up and um, brought me to the church. I spent many Sundays sitting crying in the pews. Mm-hmm. Um, they, But she was introdu- introduced me to the Divorce Recovery Program, um, to a counsellor, and uh, to a seminar they held here that was Divorce mm-hmm. Recovery. Mm-hmm. And she also... Um, actually she discipled me and we were going to have a group but somehow it ended up just being me she introduced me to C.S. Lewis Mere Christianity Mm. John Stott and um, now did you 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 grew up in England mm -hmm. when did you uh, when did you come to the United States 99 99 1999 okay and what brought you over Overseas here. My ex-husband got a job here, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and uh, so we came filled with thoughts of big houses, music, you know, com- concerts, Crosby, Stills, mm-hmm. Nash and Young, all sorts of things, yeah. And so here it is, you come over here and you get introduced to some uh, some British pastors and theologians or, <laughs> yeah, or writers exactly. like C.S. Lewis and... <laughs> John Stott. So. Yeah, and it, it what's really fascinating to me is that, I mean, I was living in Edinburgh in Scotland at uh-huh. the time, 
Um, we'd lived there 20 years. And um, so I came to America to find out about Presbyterianism. And given the history of Presbyterianism, it seemed like one of God's wonderful ironies that it took coming here. Now, had you grown up in the church in, when you were in England? In, um, in my young days, um, my mom was very involved with what they call the chapel, which is the Methodist church, very mm. Wesleyan, and, um, and my grandparents had been founder members. So in my younger years, I was very involved there. We did all sorts of activities there. Um, my mom actually stopped going to services because of the gossip. She couldn't mm. stand that the women gossiped. My dad was Church of England, and it was beneath him to go to the Methodist chapel. Mm. So he knew he was never involved. But I, having looked back on my life several times, doing testimonies or whatever, I realized that that was a safe place because there was some chaos in my family. Um, mm. uh, some My dad was a very strong character with very big mood swings, and so when I wrote my testimony for Celebrate Recovery, for example, which I'm involved in now, that was what struck me, was that I thought of the chapel as a safe place. And it was mm-hmm. like, I, I was like, wow, that was really interesting and exciting. Wow. But I never heard the gospel. I well, don't remember hearing the gospel really? at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so, the, big, the, big, the big question for us, of course, is, we, we, you know, that's not as important to us as the fact that you actually went to a Beatles concert. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for those of you guys who don't know the story, I'll, I'll, I'll relate it real quick. We were going around the room talking about best concerts we've ever seen, and Bob was talking about the Eagles or Cream or whoever it might be, and I was talking about different bands I've seen you two, and then, uh, you know, Pat kind of pipes up and says, well, I saw the Beatles in concert, and kind of be like, game over. <laughs> you, know, you win, you win. He's well, I actually concert, sat on so. the stage behind the Beatles, yeah. so I was, you know, <laughs> couldn't hear any sound at all, but I did. She was very young at the time, though. Very, very, very young at the time. Very, very young, young at the time. time. So yeah. you came here through, I mean, crisis, you know, and maybe talk about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Going through a divorce, yeah. you know, someone saying, hey, I don't love you anymore, don't yeah. want you anymore. Yeah, uh, and somehow you beginning to read and think, and mm-hmm. can you talk us through more of that? How you finally, th- th- when the light bulb went on, and you decided I'm going to join this church and receive Christ and yeah, all that. Okay, well, um, I was, as I said, I was very involved with the divorce recovery ministry here, mm-hmm. Genesis. I'd been to the seminars, and um, I at the same time was doing the discipleship stuff and reading with mm-hmm. Mary, and. Um, I, I, we went through a period where I was saying to Mary, well, I've said the prayer. And she would say, okay, okay. And I said, but nothing's happened. Mm. And this, and she related it to the Randy Pope story about mm. how he walked down the front. Mm. And so, and um, I, I was going through a lot of distress and but I was also spending a lot of time on my own in sort of my pattern was to um, wake up early in the morning and read and mm. cry some and whatever and my memory of how I transitioned into being wanting to be part of the church was um, I was reading John Stott's book um, basic, basic Christianity, Christianity. and reading about sin and I was just 
it was as if I'd been stabbed with a knife. Mm. It was really, it's just so, it was so powerful. Wow. And that, I, for some reason, I see that as significant. Mm -hmm. And then the next sort of thing, part of it I see as significant, that feels significant was I was in bed, I don't know when, crying, it was cold, um, and I started singing away in a manger. Mm. And as I started singing, be near me, Lord Jesus, I ask mm. you to stay. I don't know, something, I don't know what that was, but but from then on, I was, you know, I'd been coming to church, mm -hmm. I'd been listening to sermons, mm -hmm. so I'd been exposed. And in the Genesis group, I'd been exposed to the word. And um, But from then on, I was talking to Janet Burns at the time mm. of Bob yes. Burns' fame. Yes. And um, I I was saying to her, I, I want to be in a Bible study. I didn't even know what a Bible study was. Right. But I just knew that I wanted to be in Bible study. Mm. And um, so she was... She was talking about connecting me with a woman who mm. was from seminary, had been through seminary and whatever. And then um, Elona Grayling, who mm. was the other person that um, I met with and was involved in the day, she was the other person I had to call mm. the day my husband made this announcement. Mm. Um, she took me to Bible Study Fellowship. Mm. So that was that started to quench this strange thirst I had mm -hmm. for the word. Mm -hmm. And so this is in the late 90s, early 2000s? This is the early 2000s, 2000s yeah. Okay. The divorce was final mm -hmm. 2003. Right. But, and I look back on that time because one of the things that's, when I was thrust into this divorce state, one of the things that I was so afraid of was darkness. And I can't really mm -hmm. explain that except that if somebody, th if I thought about going back to Britain, I thought about darkness. I thought about dark nights. Mm. And yet when I look back at the time now, I don't see any darkness in that time at all. Mm. I see light. Mm. And it's really interesting. And I had another thought, but I've lost mm. it. But That's right. Yeah. Well, tell us about that. How, how, because you're, you're on staff here now and yeah. you work. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't, there's a lot of jobs I wouldn't want to have around here. Children's ministry is one of them. Not because I don't like kids, but it would drive me crazy. Your job is another one because people call and they are in crisis. They're like, I need food. I need something right yeah. now. So tell yeah. us a bit about that. And, and how did you get from there, yeah. a new Christian, to yeah. what you're doing? Well, um, I, was, I was introduced through the Divorce Recovery Ministry to Steve Regand, who I'm sure some people know started Campbell American. Right. And mm -hmm. I started getting involved in his apartment ministry. And um, there became a time when I, I, all I had, the only um, status I had here was through my ex-husband. And so I had no, uh, I had to immediately apply for a visitor's visa. And so I had this visitor's visa and Steve Regan, I don't know what happened, but Steve Regan seems to have talked to Don Sortel in the church. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And between them, Don Sortel found a lawyer and they helped me through um, the process of getting some sort of status. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, just God showing up in all sorts of ways. But um, the 
day that I was told by the lawyer that I was able to stay here, that I had the first stage was mm -hmm. permission to stay, that day Don Sotel called me and said, would I consider doing some volunteer work for him because his assistant was leaving mm -hmm. and he needed some somebody to do the piece of volunteer work that she'd been doing. And that was working with the deacons. Mm -hmm. And so that started it off. And I have to say the lawyer who we were working with was astounded at how quickly I got the permission to mm -hmm. stay. So oh. I just see God's hand Mm -hmm. protecting and okay. moving but that's how I started mm -hmm. um, and I started as a volunteer and um, I went through a process of um, working towards getting a visa then the next stage yes. and this all sorts of craziness <laughs> went on um, in terms of disobeying uh, the lawyer in terms of going back to Britain to get my visa but it it went through and that went through relatively quickly as well. And so you, no, you haven't become an American citizen, have you? No, okay. no. Some, some no, that's just the very have, yeah. first stages. Okay. But then I was, I was volunteering here and mm. working with the deacons part-time and working part-time in the apartment ministry. Mm. And um, it was 2000, 2008 when... Um, it, I think about 2004, Don gave me a sort of part-time position, mm -hmm. co covered it as a part-time position, mm -hmm. but I was still not fully on staff. Mm -hmm. And then in 2008, Don had already always said that he would help me go through the process of getting a green card, mm -hmm. because to stay, I would have to have a right. green card. And so to stay, I had to have a full-time position. Mm -hmm. And I was already pretty much working full time working full part time times full time around here yeah. perimeter, you know that. That's right. <laughs> as a volunteer mm -hmm. but um, it was it was amazing mm -hmm. and so in 2008 we did the process to um, get me a green card so you got, so you got a green card process. now that's your status yeah yeah okay if Scotland would have become a nation would you uh, have just taken Scottish citizenship and <laughs> we no. probably don't want to get on that topic. No, I Pat and I have so. talked about the whole thing of Scottish independence yeah. over the years. You know, uh, there's, there's a lot to be said for and against that whole thing. Yeah. So, so what, what does your day-to-day -day ministry look like here? I mean, what's a typical day for Pat Edwards? A typical day. There aren't any really typical days huh. because some days, these days, are very quiet and some days are... Mm just a whole series of different things. Um, but basically it is the phone call mm -hmm. from um, somebody who needs um, some, uh, some financial resources. Mm -hmm. um, I'm now actually spending more time working with women as well. I, I meet with, mm -hmm. s through, through the crisis ministry, for example, I'll give you an example, a lady who came through she and her husband needed financial resources, spent some time with her. I introduced her to Celebrate Recovery, and now I meet with her periodically and spend time with her. So my my ministry has changed and shifted mm -hmm. in that way. Mm -hmm. um, so, a, so a typical gay could be a call from one of the women I'm ministering mm -hmm. to, or just a straightforward or email from a deacon who said somebody's called him and would I get in touch with them and ask them 
about their situation. Mm-hmm. And, and my role, I mean, there's a very specific sort of responsibility in terms of gathering information, processing information, assessing situations, harassing Philip Hicks, who's the new leader <laughs> of the deacons, about, mm. so what do we do in this situation? Because mm-hmm. we, we get unusual situations. Is it just members now? I know no. at some point it was, you know, it was non-members, but it's just members it's now. It's just members mm. now. It, unless a, a non-member comes through a member of the church. Uh-huh. And so a non-member will just refer to one of our partners. Yes, I, I speak to them, I minister to them, you know, I, I try, I pray with a lot of people now, um, mm. and um, but not always. And I just give them information, try to guide them through the process of getting resources elsewhere. Um, when, you, when you think about financial need or request, is it? Is it, f- I mean, for members, mm-hmm. is it food? Is it mortgage? Is it, I mean, I know it's probably a lot of things, but what, yeah. what's the most common thing you run into? Mortgages. Mortgages? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. Is that just, hey, they. Or rent. I mean, we have members who are renting, so. Right. So would you say, again, we're talking to mainly officers here mm-hmm. that, um, you know, by the time they need the mortgage payment, they're behind type thing, right? So. We want to help officers figure out how do you do early identification. We yeah. If you're shepherding yeah. a flock, okay. how do you kind yeah. of know early yeah. on? Yeah. Any thoughts on that? I mean, what are the signs and symptoms of, of something that's happening? Is there anything, a pattern there you see? or? I mean, the, one of the typical situations is somebody who's become unemployed mm. And they hold on and they hold on. They may have savings or they may just not want to come forward. So unemployment, I mean, it's it's very straightforward. And they, they're holding out hope for the They're holding out, I'm going job, to get yeah. a job. And, yeah. and, and it's very difficult for people mm-hmm. to come forward. And mm-hmm. I understand, especially for a man who's been mm-hmm. taking care of his family and had a, a good job. Um, and I think that's one of the... Now, ill health would be another mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. So um, would you say, maybe a too bold of a statement, I don't know, but would you say any member who came forward to you called and had a need, we would be able to help them? I mean, not like for $100,000, but but for food, electricity, pay the rent so you don't get to any member? If this was a new need? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think there's maybe some recurring yeah. things that come yeah. back over. Yeah. We, we yeah. With with a new need but, where there's yeah. it's clear that there's a um, there's a crisis, mm-hmm. we would we would be able to. And plus, we don't we that. don't we don't give members cash. We if, no. if we're gonna mm-hmm. yeah help them they, take care of yeah. some bill yeah. maybe yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah. Let me yeah. say this because we're we're we've all, all already run out of time. It's amazing. But I know you want to say one more thing. What you share well, one thing? I got just, one question you, for you. It triggered what Bob said. Triggered something off that we we get people coming with lawyers bills, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> divorce, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. even medical bills. Mm-hmm. We will address medical bills, mm-hmm. but with um, somebody who has not come to us before with, say, a, a, a bill for a lawyer or they wanted, they need to do something related to having to hire a lawyer, mm-hmm. then what we would typically do would be to address their offer to maybe address their basic needs. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and not... 
Exactly. Right, the rest of it, you know. Yeah. Let me ask you this, maybe this would be our closing question. Uh, this would be a fill in the blank for you, okay? Um, life doesn't always turn out the way you thought it would, but God, I'll give you the God word, but God. <laughs> well, God show, has shown me very clearly that his plan is much bigger and better than I could possibly have imagined. Mm. Because my, in my life, I, I the, the Francis Schaeffer thing, you know, his description of people's lives, I mean, he was talking about 70s and 60s, mm. but my bent was to personal peace and prosperity. Mm. Mm -hmm. And God has shown me that there's something much bigger and better out there. Mm. Than... So are you rich? Yeah. Yeah. All right, we'll stop there. Thanks Thank so you. much for just for who you are and for being here. Absolutely. Um, and guys, as you listen to this, uh, this may be one that you may want to toss to your wives, wives too, just to listen to. It's you know I, I say this and, and I've known and loved Pat for a long time, and she's just an ordinary woman, but she has an extraordinary God. And it's an extraordinary story because of that, because of what God's done here. Um, you know, no fame, fortune. She won't be on the cover of Time magazine but she's uh, been served by the Lord. And so she serves us and you. And if you get in a situation where you need uh, diaconal help, uh, she's often the point of entry. So I wanna encourage you to pick up the phone and uh, give her a call to be your joy to, to spend time talking to her. So thanks as always guys for listening to One for the Road. We appreciate you and uh, we know we will be talking to you and you'll be listening to us next time. Thanks.